Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster here with Crow. How you doing, Crow? Hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. Okay. Well, we are uh, remote because of COVID again, because you're sick. <laughs> sure. And uh, that's yeah, and that's the story. We're very paranoid about it. I've had my 14 booster shots, and uh, no, our schedules just didn't really meet up again. So yep. we're doing this via phone. So we, as always, <clears throat> have a lot to talk about. So let's just jump right into it. I want to talk about how Elon Musk is more and more my hero every day. Because hmm. okay. he uh, he basically got dared to buy into Twitter, and he did. And he is now the largest Twitter shareholder, um, and he's got a seat on the board, and all of the blue checkmark lefties are freaking out. And... Um, uh, even the CEO was like, oh, no, we're happy to have him. I mean, and he put it on Twitter. It's like, you can hear him typing through gritted teeth. You just know <laughs> that he is. It's like, the son of a bitch. Now he's going to show up here and he's going to do stuff. And um, I heard Greg Gutfeld talking about it. And he says, you know, the funny thing about these boards is they're generally just people who understand business and stuff like that. Yeah. Run your financial stuff through them. And so, like, a CEO of one company might be on the board of another company, but um, you don't generally get people, especially in tech, who are into the nuts and bolts of the tech stuff. And Elon Musk is an engineer. He knows this stuff better than a lot of these people that are on that board. So when he says, I want to know how the algorithm works, it's going to be, I mean, they can't bullshit him. Well, Twitter did like reiterate that their board doesn't make policy decisions. So they were trying to appease their, their um, employees. Mm-hmm. You know, saying, oh, you know, he's on the board, but he doesn't really make any policy decisions. And, you know, they um, like some employees spoke to media and they said they they're pretty sure he can influence the company policies anyway. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a good bet. <laughs> well, one thing the board does do is decide who the CEO is. Yeah, well, they did. I mean, they did already sit, come out and say, despite him being on the on the on the um, um board wait what's he on now yeah on the board board. uh that they're still not going to reinstate trump or a bunch of conservatives that were kicked off so yeah we'll see yeah i don't know so but i i i love the way this guy does stuff when he when they say you know we could take six billion dollars and solve world hunger and he goes all right show me how and i'll give you the money um and when like the un did that when uh Bernie Sanders is saying the rich don't pay their share. And he goes, I pay more taxes than any other human in the history of the world. And uh, you know what I could do is I could sell a bunch of my Tesla stock. And I can't remember how this tax thing worked, but then he goes, I'd be jipping the government out of a bunch of tax money. So he goes, I'm going to do that. And he basically dared Bernie to say it again. So he'd sell more of it. It was, he just, he takes stuff on, you know, he goes after things. He doesn't take shit from anybody. I like it. 
Yeah, and he doesn't just talk. He just does, doesn't blow smoke either. Because when he came out earlier talking, uh, doing a poll, and he's like, "This is very important." You know, does does Twitter silence people and all that kind of? He like put messages out, and he goes, "He wasn't just like getting a rise out of people. He was planning on doing something." So not only does he do a little bit of trolling or a lot of trolling, he'll actually back up stuff that he's doing too. You know? Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I'm starting to like him more and more. You know, unlike, hey, uh, unlike, uh, I will never like, uh, John Roberts or Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hate Dan Crenshaw. Oh, I hate that guy. You have I, a Dan Crenshaw dartboard in your house. Yeah, uh, let's just get this clear. I don't hate Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> we well, then that. why are all of your, all of your range targets shaped like Dan Crenshaw? <laughs> just because they have eye patches does, does not mean they represent Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, sure they don't. No, it's but. I don't hate him. I, we we've let this little bit go on too long without me without me reiterating that I do not hate Crenshaw. I just think that he's a little bit of a squish. He's a he's a kind of a rhino in the making. He's going to be the next uh, McCain um, or the next Romney in you know twenty thirty years. So why are you winking? Well, I'm not winking. That's what I believe. <laughs> and wait a minute. We're not even face-to-face today. I can hear you winking. Oh. Just like I heard the CEO uh, of Twitter grinding his teeth when he typed. Ah, uh, okay. Um, hey, so, you know, here... On, is there a TV on in the background? Uh, not that I know of. Oh, yeah, okay. there is. Oh, we're going to we're gonna have to cut my mic game down a little bit. Hold on a sec. All right. Good? Yeah. All right. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I like what he does. Um, and for the record, I do like Dan Crenshaw. And also for the record, I know you hate Dan Crenshaw. So <laughs> what you say here doesn't matter. Do not hate you know? Crenshaw. Just have. Yeah. Uh, I'm just hel- have a healthy suspicion of him. Sure. But when he says and does good things, I, I applaud him for it. Unlike Roberts, who I think uh, just does does stuff uh, because he thinks he's a smarty pants. Well, he is a smarty pants. Yeah, but that's he the, thinks he's a problem. smarty pants. That's the difference. Yeah, I know, maybe, but uh, I still, for the most part, I uh, I like Roberts. So. Yeah, he just decided he just sided with what the rest of the liberal judges on some bullshit recently. Well, did you hear about that? No, it wasn't a, a, a ruling. I don't think it was just, um, or he was responding to a ruling, and uh, it was he was taking the side of the liberals, which of course I expect at this point. Well, I saw I saw something about that. It was a headline article, and it was like from the Guardian or Slate or something. And I'm like, I just don't even read that trash. Yeah, I've tried before because you know I want to I want to read multiple sources, but the Guardian and Slate are just trash. Yeah. So I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. Justice Roberts side with sides with liberals. Uh, yep. Here we go. From CNN. Chief Justice Roberts joins with liberals to criticize, uh, quote, shadow docket, unquote, as court reinstates Trump era EPA rule. So a 5-4 Supreme Court reinstated a Trump era rule Wednesday that restricts the authority of states to reject federal permits under the Clean Water Act and another ruling putting the court's emergency docket in the spotlight. Chief Justice Roberts joined the court's liberal justices in dissent, arguing that the court's majority had gone astray by granting an unwarranted request on its emergency docket. That renders the court's emergency docket not for emergencies at all, Justice Elena Kagan wrote. Uh, for the four dissenters, she said that the Republican-led states and others that had petitioned the court for emergency relief had not shown they would suffer the necessary irreparable harm to make their cause. This is just more of the court not wanting to take anything on. And yet it passed, didn't it? Five, four. Yeah. But, you know, 
not not uh, not uh, due to Roberts, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think Roberts a lot of times uh, tries to play the middle, and if there is a, there is something about him I don't like, it's that, and that he'll be like, you know, he's like that politician who doesn't want to vote for something because it won't uh, look good in their area, but they know they're safe, so they, you know, so they do. You know what I mean? I think he. I think if there's one thing I would accuse him of, it's looking at a ruling like this and going, well, it could be six three or five four. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go over here and say, uh, yeah, you know, a shadow docket thing. Yeah, he, just, so he wants dead. to be. He wants to be at all the cocktail parties, I guess. Well, I don't even think it's that. I think he's just trying to do the best he can to um, to do the balance thing. You know, mm. I mean, regardless of how he decides, he's gonna wind up at cocktail parties. That's how Washington works, you know. But I think uh, I, I think he worries too much about. And I understand why. I just think he worries too much about it. Uh, the sort of political, the politi- the politicization of the court. He's trying to make it look as as balanced as he can. Yeah. So he just should adjudicate based on the Constitution. I agree, but uh, you know, the Supreme Court does. Although they're not generally politicians, they. They live amongst them. I guess. So. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter what he says or does. If he if he feels like he, if he has any um, strong feelings about the Constitution and, and adjudicating for the Constitution, then he would do it. He doesn't seem to have strong feelings one way or another. He's more politically minded. I, I do. Well, I do think he does it for the right reasons. I think he does it so you know this idea of packing the court doesn't keep coming up. You know. Yeah. So, I don't. I don't agree with why he's doing it i don't agree how he goes about it but i understand i just yeah. disagree with him well we got uh, so. kind of sidetracked on that but yeah so now you already said you hate roberts do you want to give me an example of why you hate crenshaw <laughs> uh, we're, other we're than your gonna... range targets are shaped like him we're, with an eye patch we're not going to rehash that, that but uh but i don't trust him <laughs> don't trust him yeah okay um, that, uh, little pathetic display with, uh, them bringing Obama back to the white house this week. Oh yeah. So from Infowars, uh, their title is cringe. Biden snubbed as DC elites flock around Obama during white house visit. Well, I mean, they should, he sh- they should have put sycophants somewhere in the, uh, in the title there. Obama sycophants, uh, had their nose so far up his ass. They didn't realize, uh, Biden was, was hovering around looking confused. <laughs> And alone. <laughs> they just, you know what it looked like? It looked like that thing where um, you see it in the movies or something where someone sees someone at like a train station or something and they run to hug them and the person puts their arm out and they walk right past them and get the person behind them. Yeah. You know, or you've been that person where some stranger waves at you like super enthusiastically and you like wave back and you realize they're waving at yep. someone behind you. Yep. So well, they were the, done the, with the, the... I don't know. The fact that our president is... is that his handlers even allow this shows you that they they have such a lack of of, of respect obviously for him and they have a, a level of disdain that's palpable and even his handlers the people closest even jill at this point was unless they actually got her out of the way because usually she runs interference on things like this to help him not look so stupid but she wasn't there to help him i don't know if they you know got her out of the picture or something but i mean he should have been surrounded by people that at least acted like they were interested in like talking to him like that would have been very easy to do at this point 
Um, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, that's Dr. Jill Biden. Oh, yes. yes, yes. Uh, according Jill. to Whoopi Goldberg, a very uh, brilliant surgeon. Yeah, she's an excellent surgeon. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh, hold on a sec. My uh, my dog wants out. The jabroni wants outside. Just, that's that's okay. the, the problem with uh, recording from home here. Hold on. Yeah. All right. All right. He is out. Um, so, um, yeah, anyway, it was, I mean, you, I, I had heard all of these uh, commentaries about it and I hadn't seen the video of it. And I was like, it can't be as bad as everybody says worse. it was. It was worse. Mm-hmm. And then did you see Nancy Pelosi literally kiss Barack Obama's and, hand? And I did not. I didn't see that. So, yeah. She did. She kissed his hand. I'm like, what were you looking for his papal ring? I mean, Jesus Christ, lady. Act like act like the Speaker of the House. You know, you're groveling to this ex president. It's just stupid. Well, and then we've got when when uh Biden um welcomes Obama at the lectern, uh-huh. he goes he says, My name is Joe Biden and I'm Barack Obama's vice president. Welcome yeah, back to the White House, man. It feels like the good old days. And then uh, when uh, Obama gets up there, he goes, thank you, Vice President Biden. Vice President, yeah. that was a joke. It's like, no, no, it's not. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it was, but it just, it was so uncomfortable watching that whole thing. It's yeah. Just, like there's a point where he, he's, uh, Obama's glad handing a bunch of sycophants and then uh, Biden's wandering around behind him looking like, hey, why is nobody paying attention to me? And then he kind of leans in and grabs Obama's shoulder and says, Barack. And, and Obama makes a very, a very concerted effort and point to ignore him. And then to make this big exaggerated handshake with somebody where he like, you know, those handshakes where you like put your hand up in the air with your fingers splayed and then come down on the, on the handshake, like put her yeah. there, buddy. Like, like basically making a point of, Hey, fuck you, Biden. It's just, it's just like, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's not sad because I think, you know, Biden's a snake and he deserves every fucking indignity he gets, but, uh, it's sad for the country. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. I just, I think it's funny that, you know, people are starting to realize that everyone knows this guy's a skin suit, you know? Yeah. He's a puppet. That he's, he's just a placeholder and, I don't know who's pulling the strings, whether it's, you know, Ron Klain or Susan Rice or even Barack Obama, but, you know, somebody, somebody is, uh, you know, doing, uh, doing the work there. But, and he's but the just fact that they can do something like this, that, that they do this, 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 this level of disdain, they show open disdain. And then that the press, you know, the, the press people decided to put this video and, and allow it to be recorded and put out there and highlighted as if it's a great thing. They were highlighting Obama being back to the, to the White House. Uh, did they not watch it before they put it out and go, ooh, this looks bad for Biden? Or did they, and they go, eh, who fucking cares? See, I think they're they're going to be happy to be rid of him. Yeah, you know? I do too. And I think you're going to see after the midterms, he's going to start talking about, ah, eh, you know, I just don't feel like running again. I mean, because uh, a couple reasons. I think he's... You know, he's certainly not in a condition to do it. Nobody expects him to run a second time. But on top of that, I think he does not want to be saddled with being a lame duck president with, uh, you know, a Congress and a Senate. Uh, well, a, uh, a House and a Senate. The House probably for sure. The Senate most likely, but we don't know. Being Republican, not letting him do anything. Yeah. I think he'd be more than happy to hand that over to Kamala, 
or Kamala the Ugandan Nightmare, as uh, <laughs> Jericho as, Green. Uh, yeah, Jericho Green says, um, and uh, you know, just let her flounder. Yeah, you know, he can ride off into the sunset. And I think at this point, it's a it's a game of hot potato. It's you know, they don't want him in there. He's not going to want to be in there. They're going to leave her stuck with it. And the worst part about it is she is just, she shows more and more that she is completely unprepared to be, uh, you know, anything in Washington at all. I mean, she was a joke as a senator. The fact that she. She was you know, a joke as California. a candidate. A presidential yeah, candidate. I mean, the fact that, the fact that she was a senator in California, I mean, I mean she was never challenged on anything, mm-hmm. you know. So she's just, uh, yeah, she's a waste of time. Oh, she's a big and, dumb uh, dummy. Yeah, big dumb dummy. So, uh, and then uh, I was thinking, I'd like to watch. There's um these YouTube channels that do um body language, you know, um, uh, you know breakdowns. Yeah, and I think there's one called Charisma on Command. Is one? Yeah, I've watched that one before. Yeah, and he did the one with uh, Justin Trudeau going to like a United Nations meeting and being basically snubbed by everybody and looking like a lost little boy. Remember that one? <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. pretty funny. But I, I'd like to see them do the breakdown of this one because it's, it's oh. so it's so obvious that Barack knew Biden was there. I mean, he put his hand on his shoulder and yelled, "Barack!" Um, knew he was yeah. there and and just it just it not just ignored him, but made a point of saying, "Hey, fuck you!" by going over the top with his exaggerated movements. So it'd be interesting to see what the body language people say about that. Yeah, I don't know. I just I. I think it's becoming more and more obvious that he was a disaster of a pick. He's a disaster of a president. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Jimmy Carter years and, uh, it, it was not, it was not good. And it seems to me like Joe Biden's whole thing is worse. Yeah. You know, he just seems inept. And I, again, I've mentioned this before. I wish I could remember who said it, but this is what you get. You have an administration full of activists. Yeah. Yep. You know, they, you, uh, my dad once told me, he said, you know, I think Barack Obama thought being president was just giving speeches. And he goes, and he's good at that. But that's not what being president is. And uh, I think there's a lot of people who think, yeah, you know, we'll just have Joe give some speeches. And now now they're saying, Jesus, we can't have him out there, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, the policies they've got are just disasters. I'm a spe- You know, everyone's talking about the gas prices. And I'm especially worried about the southern border and people just streaming over it and yeah, I mean, when they talk about being overwhelmed, they're, it, people don't even comprehend the the numbers that are going to be that have been and are going to be crossing, and that we we have no ability to stop it. We just don't have the manpower. We have the ability to stop it. Well, we, we have the manpower right to stop at the it. right at the moment. We don't because we don't have anybody deployed there. We don't or the, the amount we need up deployed there. We don't have uh, and the barriers built, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, if we really did want to stop it, we could, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, I mean, we've got the manpower and the ability to stop it. But they, they're talking about the, uh, the amount world. of Border Patrol agents. They say there's, what did they say, um, you know, we can handle, you know, at the top end, we can handle like 5,000 incursions a day. And uh, there's going to be upwards of like 70,000. So, yeah, the problem is um, not so much with the Border Patrol. Like Texas could uh, uh, supplement it with the National Guard, but there's some law that basically, when they do that, it allows the federal government to sort of take over those troops. And yeah, so basically, so it's some dance they kind of have to do. And, yeah. Um, you know, one good thing to all of this is that the federal government keeps getting slapped down, especially in courts, about overreach. 
And I know we mentioned that Roberts thing earlier. You know, we can bitch about Roberts siding with the minority, but the point is that case allows states to make some, uh, to have jurisdiction over the federal government, you know, and cut back on the EPA's reach. And I good. think those are good things. That's the, how it was meant to be. Yeah. It's, and the you're starting to see the Fed was never, saw, never, never supposed to have this kind of control over the states. Well, and I think I saw something from Tim Pool the other day that Ohio, I could be, I can't remember which, I think it's Ohio, is the 23rd state now to allow open carry. Yeah. I mean, we're getting close to half. Yeah, it's called and cons- we're gonna, constitutional we're gonna, carry. We're going to be half pretty soon. Well, constitutional carry, I think, is different than open. Right, but that's what they're, that's what they're, no, it was constitutional carry. It wasn't just open carry. Well, open carry is you can have the gun as long as people can see it. Yeah, constitutional carry means you're just allowed to have it regardless, because that's your right. You can you can have it hidden, you can have it out in the open, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think this this was an open carry, but the point is the tide is the tide is turning towards gun owners, and that's because there are so many Democrats are buying it because there's so many cops who, you know, can't make it there on time. People are starting to realize they have to protect themselves. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, one thing from this uh, whole thing with the Ukraine is, and I think Zelensky, who's more of a showman than a politician, yeah. um, and he, but he's doing an excellent job of it. I mean, he's no Churchill, but he's giving good speeches, um, is pointing out how feckless the U.N. is. Like, the U.N. can't do anything. There was one point where, you know, they have permanent members of the Security Council, which are Russia, China, how China ever got to be on it, I don't know. Um, France, who never should have been on it, United States and England. And, uh, you know, they were saying, well, they want to push this stuff past the Security Council, but Russia as a permanent member can veto it. And yep. people, you know, when people hear this, they go, wait, what? They they can veto anything? They can veto sanction, UN sanctions on themselves? It's like, this is stupid. Yeah, because the UN's fucking stupid. You know? It's yep. a waste of time and money. Get it out of our country. It doesn't do anything. So, yeah, I, I just I'm I'll be happier when we're rid of it. And I think that day is coming. Yeah. Um, speaking of, let's get back into uh, Biden's corruption or we never I guess we weren't into it. But um, the Hunter laptop we talked about last week. Well, for conservatives, that is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So uh zero hedge uh 450 gigabytes of deleted hunter biden laptop material to be released within weeks a whistleblower who fled the united states for switzerland has vowed to drop uh, the deleted material from hunter biden's abandoned laptop which he says he also gave to the washington post new york times and senator chuck grassley all of whom say he says sat on it for months um and who who is this whistleblower it's not the uh guy who they turned the laptop no it's not the it's not the guy that uh the shop owner was not him so uh let's see uh what what is his name Gra- uh i don't know maxi well, while you're look while you're looking for this um you know two things that came out just from the hunter biden laptop this this last week were um you know they said uh um that hunter and uh or joe biden had never met any of hunter biden's business associates and everything and it turns out joe wrote a uh college admissions uh uh letter for um for the sons of one of these guys to get into brown hmm. okay well. and they said and <laughs> uh, you know jen saki is out there like going that's not a big deal you know people write letters letters for people all the time it's like 
Right, but, you know, come on. Don't say you didn't know anything about this guy. And yeah. she's like, well, technically, that doesn't mean he met him. Oh, All right, up. well, then you're just saying that college admission letters don't matter. Did you see Saki's, you know? uh, Saki's uh, got hired for MSNBC to host a show? Mm-hmm. And uh, a reporter asked her, you know, isn't there going to be conflict of interest here? And she's like, oh, no, of course not. Nope, this will be fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, do you hear who she's probably replacing? No. Joy Reid. <laughs> okay. Joy yeah. Reid's show is tanking. Yeah. And the rumor is that, this was from Clay and Buck, uh, the rumor is that Joy Reid is going to be fired, wait about a month before Jen Psaki comes on because they don't want the white woman replacing the black woman on MSNBC. Right. Because that's what we worry about. You know? Because, you know, in comic books, the trope right now is that uh, redheaded white women get replaced by black people. Did you Did you know that? Really? Yeah, no. It's, it's like a thing that uh, any character that was redheaded, a white redhead, has been replaced in by a uh, BIPOC character. You know, okay. like uh, in different different uh, genres, either comic books or, or, or superhero TV show or movies. So, like, it's like, uh, uh, what is it? Um, Supergirl replaced Jimmy Olsen with a black guy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, uh, black, gingers uh, have no souls. Uh, so, Batwoman was a redheaded yeah. white woman, and she got replaced by a black woman. Uh, okay. Um, what else? There's, there's, oh, um, fire, uh, no, fire, not Firestar. Um, Starfire. Starfire. Uh, was a black woman. She was a redhead. Well, actually, she was an alien, so she might not have been, but whatever. But um, we can't say alien because people aren't illegal. You know, uh, we can't say that. So, all right, this guy's name is um, uh, Jack Maxey. So, for the past two weeks, former Steve Bannon War Room co-host Jack Maxey has been hiding in Zurich, where he told the Daily Mail he's been working with IT experts to dig more data from Hunter's laptop from hell, and that he'll post it online in a searchable database in the coming weeks. Uh, he says the data includes 80,000 images and videos and more than 120,000 archived emails. Yeah, do you think um, do you think uh, Hunter Biden's going to kill himself soon? Yeah, either that or this guy, Jack Massey, <laughs> might kill himself. He, here's a quote from him: "I came here to Zurich so that we could do a forensic examination of Hunter's laptop safely in a country that still respects human liberty and the ideals of liberal democratic principles." He told the Mail, "I do not believe this would have been possible inside the United States. We had numerous attempts on us from trying to do things like this in there." And when he says attempts, I don't know if he means. You know, hits or or just smears. And did he or say? What? And by the way, I have a great life, and I'm not trying to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, I am not suicidal. Who's who said that? Not Jesse Smollett. I know he said that, but didn't like uh, who's the guy from yeah, James O'Keefe? Uh, didn't he no, say it was that the, at one point? No, it was the Mac McAfee. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. And, and then he died <laughs> in prison. Yeah. <laughs> In like a in like a, a jetpack hang gliding accident. You know? <laughs> no, wasn't he in jail? Didn't he die in jail? I know, but oh, it was okay. you Got know it. Yeah, it was, that kind it, of a the jail. guy was bouncing around from country to country, yeah. and he was known for being oh, like here we go, Maxie, sort of a Richard Branson type. You know? So Maxie said that after contacting DailyMail.com about the laptop last year. Black suburban SUVs appeared outside his house, and former U.S. intelligence officer friend he shared copies with told him they received strange calls. He goes, I showed a friend of mine in desperation in February 2021 because nobody would listen to me. No news organization would take it. In fact, the very first major news organization to take it was the Daily Mail. Uh, very dear friends of mine, uh, the sharp tip of the spear, were making welfare, call, welfare calls to me every day basically to see if I was still alive. This guy sounds like a drama queen. Yeah, a little bit. 
But um, so. you know, I I hope I hope they. The thing is, they're going to come out with all all kinds of incriminating stuff, and we'll have an, another go around of uh, of people being banned off all the uh, social media because it's unverified. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I'm sort of starting to feel like the left is running out of tricks. Like they can't keep they can't keep doing it. You know, because people are getting wise to them. Um. So I don't know. I, I mean, to have CNN and the Washington Post and the New York Times come out and say, yeah, that Hunter Biden stuff, that looked authentic. Probably shouldn't have suppressed that story. Um, you know, I've heard several commentators say, now, this is why, well, John Stewart came out and said it. So this is why no one trusts the news anymore. Richard Dreyfus was just saying this. Hmm. You know, this wokeism stuff, no one trusts anybody. And the reason they don't trust them is there's no one who's worth being trusted, you know? And that that story is a perfect example of that. So. Yeah. Wow. There, yeah. There's a lot of shit. Uh, I mean, he he's obviously. I said he's a drama queen, but it sounds like he's obviously paranoid for a reason. He goes. Um, well, he can be a drama queen and be yeah. right. Two uh, things can happen. So, at the same one time. former intelligence agency senior staffer allegedly told Maxi after received received the hard drive two years ago. He goes, "If you don't really release enough of this, so that they know." Uh, you can release all of it. I'm telling you, brother, you're a dead man. After receiving this advice, he began posting caches of emails and other materials from the laptop laptop on various file sharing sites, only to find the links removed within an hour. Uh, he goes, there were five drop boxes, two in the United States, one in New Zealand, and two in the UK, all the same drop boxes in which they tell us child pornography is shared around the globe without any consequences because they can't look at it. He said, adding, these are all five eyes countries, English speaking countries and an intelligence sharing agreement, and they were all ripped down. So this means that our intelligence services, who still have not even acknowledged that they have Hunter, Lyden, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, were obviously diligently doing cache searches across the internet to find out if any of this stuff was being released that should terrify every single decent person in the west and then there's there's one email they show here uh between hunter and eric Sh uh Schwerin, his business partner partner at a consultancy rosemount seneca um and then they show that he was work that this sherwin guy was working on joe's taxes that's one of the emails that were recovered from the laptop yeah, yeah this is i mean this is the the worst attempt at covering tracks that just about anybody's ever done next to oj simpson I mean, well, I mean, they they obviously thought they were fine because they had such a, a tight knit, you know, between the intelligence agencies and the and big tech. I mean, they thought they had it locked down, so it didn't matter. Well, and on top of that, again, referencing Clay and Buck, they were saying, you know, this week, the you know, the um, Hillary Clinton got sanctioned or, or not sanctioned. Uh, she's being investigated or what? I can't remember what the term is. She has legal trouble. Yeah. Based on the uh, Russian hoax stuff. And it is a hoax. Um, you can call it that because that's what it was and they can prove it. Um, Durham is really getting after this stuff. Um, and he even used the phrase conspiracy. And so you can, uh, in, in his investigation. So um, what they found out was, or what they assume, Clay and Buck at this point, was that you know, they were doing all this stuff to just discredit Trump because it wasn't going to be a big deal. They were going to win anyway. And they didn't. And they went, well, shit, what do we do? And then they said, hey, let's say Trump was doing this. Yeah. And they tried to make that happen. And now it's come out and this is going to get this is going to get bad for her, too. Now, is she going to go to jail? No. But I can't believe she's even entertaining the idea of maybe running for president. Yeah. Um, 
it's just it would be stupid of her. I mean, this stuff is going to come out, but these people. I mean, Joe Biden has been in Washington for you know since he was twenty nine years old, and he's seventy eight now. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, he's been doing that for that long. And getting away with everything he got away with, I think these people just after a while just assume they're untouchable and no one can do anything to them. Well, and why wouldn't they think yeah, that? Because they are. Yeah. So now you get people who are starting to, oh, I don't know, research stuff and use the internet. And, you know, there's just too many sources for information and uh, disseminating that information. And it gets out too quickly. And, you know, you can't you can't hide that stuff anymore. And so they still think they're living in the old world, I think. Hmm. You know? That's that's my belief. Well, I mean, until until there's heads roll, it's gonna continue because nobody's getting well let's you know, be clear. The their heads are, getting, are their heads are never gonna roll. There's golden parachutes all around. There will be people under them whose heads roll. Yeah. You know. And this will only go. This will only like, go on for so long. Like four time people removed start. people. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, you start getting people going. I don't know if I want to work for these people. Yeah. You know. Well, it's so, like uh, Kamala's staff is quitting, and you know. You mean Kamala, you racist? In mass, in mass numbers. So. Uh, no, that's you know that that doesn't mean anything. Oh, that's just something yeah. that happens, especially on, coming up in an election and blah 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 blah. They're making excuses for it. Yeah, I heard Jessica Tarloff say that on uh, on the five on Fox. She said, "Look, it's not a big deal because people, people." And I understood her point. She said, "They're coming up to the midterms. These people are generally people who work in campaigns. That's their forte. So they want to go join campaigns." And then Greg Gutfeld goes, "But she's had way more of them than everybody else." Yep. Yeah, you know, she's had a much. Yeah, okay, that happens. But she's had a much higher percentage. Why is that? Yep. Well, I mean, you can guess. She's probably a bitch to work for. So, well, do you have other? But you know what? She oh. knelt her way to the top like anybody in <laughs> politics should. Some golden knee pads. Um, <laughs> do you have other topics? I've got a few here. If you want to go on, go ahead. Move on. Uh, so, the Sacramento mass shooting. It's the, the, the largest mass shooting in Sacramento's history, I guess. Uh, yeah, and this is why we need more gun control. Yeah, and we need to really curtail these uh these white trump supporters i mean they're really going crazy you know yeah you know had this guy had to register his gun this would not have happened yes and uh, so he would have thought of going to shoot a bunch of people and he would have said oh damn i forgot to register my gun uh, so where's black tomorrow. lives matter in this because i think most of the victims were people of color uh, Black Lives Matter is in a, a six million dollar mansion in California, <laughs> having toasts and talking well, about. Well, I mean, I mean, it's a it's, it's a cool friend of a friend of a friend who bought the mansion, so you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they thought, you know, that's that's an, enough separation. Uh, sure. So good enough for me. The suspect, a suspect involved in the Cal Sacramento, Cal California shooting that left six innocent people dead and 12 injured on Sunday was previously re released by the state's Department of Corrections after serving just four years of a 10 year sentence. His name's Smiley Martin. And I'm looking at his mugshot here and he looks like a fine, upstanding citizen to me. Uh, I mean, why are you why are you winking? I don't think these I think these tattoos are are um just marker I, I believe i don't think these are real tattoos he's got them on the front of his neck and under his eye and then he's got like what looks like 
like little dog turds sticking out of his hair. So, you know, he doesn't look like the kind of guy who would be capable of this. Yeah, especially especially not the kind of guy who would have a long, violent uh, history. Yeah. You know. Police in Sacramento arrested a second suspect in the deadly mass shooting over the weekend that killed six people. 27-year-old Smiley Martin is accused of being in possession of a machine gun. That, well, that's not legal. That was reportedly used in the attack. His brother has also been arrested. His brother's... You know, uh, you know why how do you pronounce his brother's mach- name? I don't know. Uh, it's D-A-N-D-R-A-E. Dandre. Dandre. Must yeah, be Dandre. No, it's D-A-N. So Dandre. So Smiley Martin and Dandre Martin were both arrested Tuesday. And uh, Smiley was also taken to the hospital following the shootout. Um and uh, he's got a lengthy rap sheet dating back to 2013, including the 10-year sentence for domestic violence and assault with great bodily injury. Uh, responding to a public records request, the state noted Smiley's past crimes have included robbery, possession of a firearm, and giving false information to police. Uh, the most startling crime detailed by the state was an incident where Smiley abused his prostitute girlfriend. <laughs> with documents explaining he low located her hiding in her bedroom closet and hit her repeatedly with a closed fist on the face, head, and body, causing visible injuries. He then dragged her out of the home by her hair to an awaiting car. After he put her in the car, he assaulted her with a belt. You know, it's racist of you now to say uh, prostitute. You have to say sex worker. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, because that is a much more prestigious title. And why, why girlfriend? Yeah. Why not person friend? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. The office of Sacramento, Sacramento County District Attorney Anne Marie Schubert wrote a letter last April telling the state that inmate Martin's pattern of conduct shows he is an assaultive and non-compliant individual and has absolutely no regard for his victims who are left in the wake of numerous serious offenses. He has no respect for others, for law enforcement or the law. The DA's office added, if he is released early, he will continue to break the law. Despite the Sacramento County DA warning, Smiley Martin displayed a pattern of criminal behavior and posed a significant threat to his peers. The California Department of Corrections let him out of jail six years early. Ooh. Well, you know, let's face it. That six years wasn't going to do anything to him other than make him a better criminal. So why not let him get out and kill a bunch of people? Right well, now? a spokesperson for the state explained that when he was sent to serve his 10-year sentence um, for assault of his, his, uh, his person friend, his sex worker person friend, he had already racked up hundreds of days worth of pre-sentencing jail credits. Is his is his person friend a birthing person friend? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but his credits were served related to other crimes. <laughs> he had five hundred days, five hundred and eight days of pre sentencing credit. <laughs> And received a variety of additional post sentencing credits. Uh, I mean, come on. We laugh, yeah, we laugh, people. we laugh, but uh, uh it's 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 infuriating. You laugh because you don't want to cry. I laugh because I don't want to fucking rage. It's yeah. not good for my blood well, pressure. You, you do a lot of that anyway. Yeah, I get my I get my rage out in the middle of the day, so by the time we record, I'm I'm a little mellowed. I had a couple drinks in me. <laughs> 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 not too many anymore. But uh I don't want uh Jabroni Dro talking talking about the uh, clinking glass that he hears in the background while yeah, I'm drinking exactly. my hooch. Um so. Yeah, so the coroner, Sacramento County coroner reports that uh, women killed were Jantaya Alexander, 21, Melinda Davis, 57, and Yamil Martinez, 
Andrade, 21, and while the three men killed were Sergio Harris, Joshua Hoyle Lucchesi, and uh, Devazia Turner. He has, he's got a uh, little, um, what do you call it? What's that? Um, not parentheses, the little one. God, what's my brain? Uh, not, the, not the hyphen, the accent. Yeah, sort he's got an accent. Apostrophe. Yeah, apostrophe in his name. Devazia. Yeah. Uh, footage yeah. uploaded to Smiley's social media just before the shooting shows him waving a pistol around and mumbling to the camera. So, and then this is the same shit like we've got in Minneapolis here, and this wasn't reported. Did you hear about the uh, the uh, guy that was uh, driving downtown Minneapolis and he pulled over because he heard something hit his car or something along those lines uh, by a light rail and he got carjacked and uh, uh, they took him hostage uh, beat him severely. They took him to an area near George Floyd Square, and it's an abandoned gas station that's been left that way so that all these degenerates can fucking um, um, hang out there and build fire pits and, and sling crack and whatever the hell hell has to do without police doing anything about it. And so they brought him there and locked him locked him inside the building, beat the shit out of him, got his information for his um, for his uh, you know. Um, to, to get cash out of his at the ATMs and all that. And then uh, I think uh, the guy finally escaped. And I think one of the assailants like took drugs and passed out. And then uh, the other assailant like lit him on fire, trying to wake him up. It's, it's a, it's a bonker story, but you're not hearing about it on the news. You know? Well, because it didn't happen. Yeah. If the news isn't talking about it, it did not happen. And not not to, not to mention all the the people that were let out because of that uh, fund that um, Kamala Harris uh, touted. That uh, it's gets, calmly racist. Yeah, that gets uh, gets these people out of jail without bail or pays people's bail so they can get out and reoffend. So. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that, but you know, um, Rob Dore uh, is a political commentator from. Uh, Minnesota. He has a. Um, he. I think he's in the president of Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. He brought up a great point about bail. He said, "You know, he said we do have issues with our bail system. You know, because you can have one judge assign someone seven hundred and fifty dollars bail and one assign ten thousand for basically the same crime." He said, "But the the point, the whole point of bail, is that this is your money. If you don't show up, you lose your money. Yeah, it's supposed to hurt." Yes. So when you have someone else bail you out, you know, who cares if you show up? I mean, it's okay and if so you get your, you have, your, your family to bail you up because, you know, your, fa- your uh, family's beholden to you. Um, yeah. So the idea is that this bail that, so what, what you do if you have a $10,000 bond, you either pay $10,000 or you go to bail bondsman. And if they, if they do it for you, they put up a thousand dollars. And if you don't show up, they lose their money and they send somebody looking for you. Yeah. If you put up $10,000 of someone else's money, you know, who's not going to come looking for you, it's just some, you know, woke fund saying, yeah, we'll do it. Then what do you care if you show up? Yeah, of course. You know, and that's sort of, I, you know, to tie into one other thing I wanted to talk about. Have you heard of this uh, phone thing that the, uh, the Biden administration is doing for illegals that come across? Yeah, so that they uh, can get a hold of them and let them know, hey, your, your court date's coming up. Yeah, so Peter Ducey and, uh, from Fox, who asks a lot of good questions, and I don't know why um, he, I don't know why people don't, there aren't other media people following up on this, but he said, 
Well, what, he asked Jen Psaki today, he goes, what's to stop them from just throwing the phone away? Yeah. And she said, Jen Psaki goes, do you have any examples of people throwing their phones away? And he just looked at her like, you've got to be shitting me, right? Yeah. And so, so now we can't, we can't have hypothetical questions based on hypothetical situations. And not only would they throw them away, they could, uh, they could um, sell them. Yeah. And it could be someone else tracking it. It's just, I, it's so stupid. You know, this idea, and how much are we paying for these freaking phones? You know, how about we just stop letting all of these people in? Yeah. You know, it's, it's I don't, look, we have, we have a worker shortage and I'm happy to have people who want to work come here to work, but that's not what these people are doing. No, they're coming here to sort of live in the underground and, um, you know, have their uh, sort of their own economy that's very cash based. A lot of it's illegal. I mean, did you see that? Um, that well, I can't remember the kind of truck it is, but it's one of those gravel loader sort of things. So it's a real high truck without a top on it. Okay. But if you drive by, even in a truck, you can't see in it. Yeah. And they uh, they pulled uh, the cops pulled Highway Patrol pulled one of these over, and it had seventy six illegal people in it driven by an illegal Nicaraguan guy. And guess what all of the people in it had in common? Uh, Fighting age men. Yeah. Yep. All Mexican and South American, all, you know, 19 to 50 year old men, no kids, no women, no much. So it's not these people sneaking over the border to escape uh, persecution. It's people coming over here to do bad shit. Yeah. And they're, of course, none of them are, are car cartel involved either. Are they? Yeah. None of them. And they're not bringing, uh, you know, they're, they're doing this for their families, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the news will show you when the, the family is crossing the Rio Grande trying to, you know, bring their kids over and have a better life. You know, they, they're happy to show you those pictures, but they don't show you this one. It yeah. shows them get 76 guys out of a truck and going, where the hell are these guys going? Or what are they going to do? We all know where they're going and what they're going to do. Yep. You know? So I just, it bothers me that it doesn't bother the left, that they're just like, it's like a jailbreak on the, on the border now and they have no idea of the consequences of this nor do they care if they did well isn't uh, abbott talking about yes uh, as soon as they uh, apprehend any of the border crossers they're going to ship them to dc yeah uh you're talking about governor abbott of texas yeah. it, you know it's going to be hard for him to do that um but i do like sort of the um sort of the balls he's showing and well, trying to do that the just fact going, that well, that's if, exactly what they do is they they right. load them up in planes in the dead of the fucking night and, and shut down airports um or in the you know airports that aren't running or operational uh, during 3 a.m hours or whatever ship them off to different states and nobody knows where they end up yeah and i'm sure and, that i'm sure the people that are sending them there are are, are you know the democrat or liberals that are sending them you know strategically to places that are going to cause disruption for the for the for the populace there one way or the other yeah the only the only difference is abbott is saying yeah we're just going to do what you're going to do and here they come on a bus and uh you know the the liberals uh um, the left's criticism of that is like, well, this is kind of childish, don't you think? It's like, no, it's it's exactly what you do. Yeah. You know, you just don't like it that it's happening to you. We're going to dump this problem on your doorstep. Yeah, it's your problem. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting. I don't, I mean, they won't ship them all up there, but I would not be surprised to see them put some people on buses and take them into Washington, D.C. and just be like, all right, knock yourselves out. Good. There you go. Yep.
Be good for I, I do think, you know, I want to give Abbott some credit on this, but I still think none of this stuff is happening without DeSantis standing up. Yeah, it's true. And I, I still think, on the one hand, I would love to, I think DeSantis would be a very good president. Yes. I do, because he fights back really well, and he's he's uh, classier than Trump. You know, he's less, but he's a he's fighter. Less inclined, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's less inclined to sort of get down in the mud and do that stuff and at the same time he's pretty tough and stands his ground i do think we need more people like that in states and the other big advantage of trump being in as a uh, president is that he takes so much incoming you know that he takes it off of other people yeah you know what i mean so it's easier for desantis and other governors like him to do stuff when trump is in uh in the Oval Office, because everybody is focusing on, we got to get this guy, you know, and they 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 use all their bullets on him. Yep. So yeah, I'm just I'm just again worried. I I would love to have Trump as president again, but at his age, I just worry about you know him slipping to you know getting goofier with age, you know. Yeah, I just I don't want him because I sort of feel as much as I think he'd be good at it, and I think he got robbed of his. Yeah. second term and he was doing a great job yeah, he really was i just i don't want the i don't want the distraction anymore i just feel like you know we've kind of been there we've done that we've you know yeah but that feels it feels like a picture like it feels like giving up because i get it like he's going to take more so than anybody else but let's not forget all the bullshit they put on you know uh w bush and uh uh, you know, they shit talk Romney. I, I, if Romney would have made president or McCain, they would have been all about the same. And probably, I mean, he wouldn't give them quite as much ammunition, but that wouldn't stop them. Yeah. And they, nah. they wouldn't, I mean, and this is that, you know, he, he got elected partially because of his social media presence and they didn't, you know, this is all new. So, yeah, I, it's like, but you know, you watch the news now and all it is, is Ukraine, 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 Ukraine. It's like, you can't talk about anything else, you know? Yeah. And that's the problem with Trump being in there. It's all Trump, 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 Trump. You can't, they won't talk about anything else. Yeah. Speaking of talking about something else, uh, did you hear the, one of the January 6th protesters that was acquitted of all charges? Uh, I, yeah, I did, but I didn't hear why. Uh, the judge said uh, that the protester reasonably believed that the Capitol Police allowed him into the building. Oh, yeah, yeah. And wasn't there a video of them actually yeah. letting him in? Two of them waving him in there. And then the video also showed him just kind of like quietly wandering around looking at stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, so he was found not guilty of all charges. Uh, his name's uh, the U.S. District, District Judge Trevor McFadden found New Mexico resident Matthew Martin not guilty on four, all four misdemeanor charges, which they shouldn't even have brought those charges up, but calling his behavior during the Capitol breach minimal and non-serious. He goes, people were streaming by and the officers made no attempt to stop people. McFadden said, I do think the defendant reasonably believed the officers allowed him in the Capitol. Um, he, the McFadden, the judge, made a point not to blame the officers, saying they acted responsibly and reasonably throughout, uh, despite being grossly outnumbered. Um, yeah, it's what we've been saying all along is most of these people. Now there were people fighting with the, with the Capitol police, no doubt about it. And oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but I, I was thrown off when you said this guy, you said this guy and he, and I just thought, you know, I'm offended. How dare you assume his gender? <laughs> yeah. Cause that's the important part of this. Uh, he didn't declare his pronouns in there or anything. You're just assuming. 
So this is the first time a a, a Capitol protester was acquitted. Former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio pleaded not guilty on Tuesday. And Guy Refit of Texas pleaded guilty to five felony charges last month. The Federalist co-founder, Sean Davis, noted that the uh, police's complicity in allowing the protesters into the building is fatal to the Democrat narrative that the January 6th protest was a, quote, insurrection. Yeah, it's Um, not going to go well for him. It could serve as a critical precedent for the other 750-plus January 6th defendants in future cases as the DOJ continues to wage its witch hunt against Americans concerned with the stolen 2020 presidential election. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't an insurrection, never was. It was people just wanting to show how upset they were and then, um, then infiltrators riling up parts of the crowd. That's what happened. Well, there were definitely people there to start some shit, but I mean, we're talking about less than my guess, less than a tenth of a percent. But all the all the big names, people that you'd expect to be the the ones fomenting this, um, like Alex Jones, were explicitly saying, "Hey, keep this calm, peaceful. We just want to show them that that we're here in protest. We don't want to do anything." All these guys, the only ones that that actually just um, started shit, were more than likely Fed informants or Fed themselves. Because the I think it was one of the one of the or or set up like uh, one of the what is it the um, three percenters or yeah, well the, the lead of that is supposedly he's a Fed informant, but who knows if he was? It's just it's just they might have been making it seem that way just to tar him, you know, so that he has you know uh, no pull anymore with his with his group. No, except for Trump, because don't you remember he gave the speech and said, "Let's go burn the mother down." Don't yeah, I mean mm. he said that. That's what Jim Acosta told me. Okay. And I believe Jim Acosta. Yeah. So it's good news, but then there's still there's still people being held, and and the way they're being held um, were you know just violations of all kinds of rights. Yeah. So no, I 100. I don't know if there's anything's going to come of that. It should. Uh, okay. Next story. I, I've got a really good way of transitioning here, don't I? Yeah, you do. Um, this is from Infowars. Uh, Aiden Salazar. Baby bodies recovered from abortion clinic prompt calls for an investigation. Oh, uh, yeah. DC, I just I almost can't take this story. I know, but we, got, we have to talk about this because it, it's the more and more you hear about this kind of stuff, the more you go, there are evil people in this world. And if you take the side of the abortionists, I mean, I don't know, man. I just can't. I can't abide it. Um, D.C. police last week make an unsettling discovery at the home at the home of a pro-life advocate who turned over the bodies of five babies reportedly born alive at a Washington, D.C. abortion clinic, prompting calls for a medical investigation into whether the abortionist behind the children's death violated federal laws. Um, D.C. Metro Police last Wednesday were summoned by anti-abortion activists and director of activism for the progressive anti-abortion uprising PAAU, Lauren Handy, to her home where she handed over okay so she got hold okay i'm I'm confused now so the pro-life advocate got a hold of these babies somehow yeah now they're gonna claim she killed kids or something okay so they're gonna they're gonna put tinkering charges against her probably now instead of the abortionist they're gonna yeah probably because of how she got a hold of them okay so lauren handy um, summoned police to her home where she handed over five partially birthed aborted babies' bodies. Um, people will freak out when they hear Handy told reporters on the scene. Uh, 
Handy, who was arrested on March 30th on separate charges, said she received the dead babies from a whistleblower connected to the Washington Surgery, Cl- Surgery Clinic, an abortion center. It's S-U-R-G-I. I'm not mispronouncing it. Surgery Clinic. Prior to the arrest, one of the defendants privately arranged for the Metropolitan Washington, D.C. Police Homicide Unit to pick up five recently dis- uh, discovered late-term aborted babies for forensic am- uh, examination. Wow. Um, yeah, according to the, according to her the the PAAU the baby's late gestational ages as well as their apparent sustained injuries potentially show violations of the partial birth abortion acts as well as born alive infants protection act which are federal crimes despite possible federal violations DC police made no arrests or filed any charges in connection with the discovery with executive assistant DC police chief Ashan Benedict last Thursday claiming the babies were aborted in accordance with DC law now how would he know that if they if there was no um, autopsy yeah, I don't know. Look, it, my thing about this is, uh, in, I've always been anti-abortion, but ever since I had kids, I could barely stomach this stuff, um, these stories. But, you know, two things. If you don't believe that abortion is evil, we just can't have a conversation. And I'm, I'm willing to make allowances for, you know, rape and incest, although that makes me queasy too. But, but, uh, it, People who are using this as a form of birth control, it's crazy. And the idea that they say, no, most people are uh, pro-choice. Well, they that number drastically changes when they start talking about late-term abortions. And very, very few people support that. Yeah. And it's just, it, you know, it's just really sick and wrong. The other part of this, though, is, and I hate that I'm going to say this, but uh, I have such a distrust of all forms of news at this point. I'm just going to wait on this one before I decide if this is true or not, because it just wouldn't surprise me if somebody faked a story like this. I can't you see know? how. I can't see how this would be, I, be fake. I can't either, but I'm so distrustful of anything that comes from any news organization. Right. That I just, I just sit there and I go, uh, Trust but verify kind of. Well, thing. I was hoping not to see these photos, but I, uh, Infowars uh, has photos of this, and it's disgusting. These these are, are fully, like fully formed babies, and it, even if it isn't fully formed, it's still it's still murder because when you go when you ask these abortion uh, pro abortion people when does life begin, they don't have an answer, and. Um, the fact that they don't have an answer means that then, then morally you have to side with the fact that you, you don't know, which means life begins at conception. And if you don't know for sure, then you're perform- then you're, you know, enacting murder. So you better be damn sure. Yeah. That it's not life. You know, the thing that falls apart for me in their arguments is when, um, you know, I get these, You'll see these people on Facebook or other social media stuff, and they'll say, yeah, you know, we'll start caring about caring about abortions when Republicans say they're willing to fully fund the education of these uh, non-aborted children. And my response to that is, all right, is okay, all right, deal. Yeah, but here's you know? the thing. Yeah, when, cool. they, when they say that, it's, it's, they talk about throwing money at uh, teachers' unions. <laughs> you know? Right, but my point is they say Republicans don't want to pay for these kids once they're once they've been born and i'm like yeah sure do okay let's do it and along with that i want to have some you know conversations about you know what we do with financial aid and how we pay it out because you know it's funny you see uh all of these i've only recently discovered this you see these um uh women who will have 
kids by several different men. And the reason being is if they have a child by one person, they get a certain amount of that person's income. If they have a second kid by that, and these are not married couples. These are not people that are intending to stay together. These are women who are on YouTube telling you this is why they did this. Um, you know, they will have a second kid with a different man because they get a higher percentage of, in of his income. If the second kid was with the same man, then it's a reduced percentage of income. Yeah. So they're using these kids as a means of income. And then they're doing the cute little TikTok dance going, I understood the assignment. You know, I mean, it, this these people are trash, you know. Yeah. They're wrecking kids. Yeah. You know. Well, and I just, just. We've got to stop these incentives for just having tons of children. As Adam Carolla says, you've got to stop people from just shitting out kids. Right. That too. But um, it's not the kid's fault. And uh, you. You. you I don't think I can have like an intellectual debate at this point with somebody who's pro-abortion because my, my seething hatred of them at this point. And so I, mean, I can't I, even do I, it. I can start out and say, all right, give me your point of view. And uh, with, I guarantee within 10 seconds, I'm going to be like, no, you're evil. Yeah. Well, I just made the it's, mistake of, like I said, uh, scrolling down and seeing these pictures and uh, you know, you can't see these without like, you know, wanting to cry. Yeah. Ugh. So, People are awful. Yeah, it's terrible. All yeah. right, well, we're probably up on time here, aren't we? Uh, yep, we are. All right. Well, um, as usual, best way to get a hold of us at this point is through Facebook. Um, if you can, uh, at the Bread and Circuses podcast page, if you can like, share, comment, give us your topic ideas. Uh, all of that, and rate us on iTunes, because for some reason iTunes matters more than anything else on the internet when it comes to ratings. Uh, we would appreciate it. See you, bye.